All right, you hear me all right? All right, let's go with this one here. 30 stick right, Reno, zip Malboro, Miami LeBron. Subscribe notifications on, on two. Ready? On two. Set hit. Blue 58. Blue 58. Cannon with 18 art. I want right. 180. Yeah, here we go. Red right, 24 double Puma on one. Ready, Welcome back to In The Huddle. Thank you for joining us on this Monday morning, afternoon, night, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. It's currently February 19, 2024. I'm your host, Josh Ortega. Thank you for coming back and tuning in to us on this Monday. Let me know. Comment section down below or just in general. Tweet me, DM me, whatever. Uh, Monday show or Friday show? Honestly, I don't really. doesn't matter to me for both, but I honestly prefer a little bit of a Monday show. Low-key, getting a lot more news in the weekend and getting to a serious topic. Obviously, today we are talking about free agency when it starts tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, a lot of deals are going to be either getting done this afternoon or this morning. Deadlines for players before they hit uh, you know, their cap space. Not cap space. Before that, dead cap hits heading into the season. So a lot of important stuff going forward. But I wanted to start the top of the show. Obviously, we didn't have a Friday show. I want to start the top of the show with my first and foremost, sending my condolences, my thoughts, my prayers to those affected in Kansas City last week. If you haven't heard, um, it's, I mean, I don't, not really if you haven't heard, it's been a very big week. Last week, this really, this event really shocked the NFL world and not only shocked the NFL world, but the country again, obviously with the tragic events that passed, that happened in Kansas City last week during the parade where 22 people were injured in a, again, another mass shooting, one dead and just overall it really brought me to a lot of reflection a lot of sadness last week and just overall it's a serious issue that shook the entire nation once again so i wanted to start the top of the show by just sending my condolences my thoughts and my prayers especially to the family of lisa lopez gavilan uh was who was the lone victim who was at the parade last week simply just doing her job reporting and you know you know it's not every day that you go to, you know, you hear about a mass shooting in this country, and unfortunately, it's become all too common. So I wanted to start the show by sending my thoughts out, my prayers out to those affected, to those physically affected, many of the um, the children who are in the hospital right now who were affected, who were injured in this event. So I wanted to send my thoughts and prayers out to them. I wanted to send my thoughts and prayers out to the families who were affected, to those who weren't even physically affected, mentally affected as well. I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to them as well. And just... Overall, send out a positive message and, you know, just really give my thoughts on that and just send it out, you know, start off the top of the show. Obviously, my goal here is to entertain and is to inform. And obviously, I wanted to inform to start the show before I move on to more lighthearted topics. And I don't want to, you know, make it seem like I'm trying to, you know, like just push this and brush this past because this is a serious issue at the end of the day that needs to be changed very time soon. When is enough going to be enough? End of the day, you know, that's really what we're talking about here. So, I wanted to get that out of the, not out of the way, but I want to get that in the beginning of the show because beginning of the show is the most important part of the show for me. So yeah, I wanted to get that in. I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to those in Kansas City as we start a new week, as we start, you know, what would be almost the end of the month. We're about like a half week away. So I wanted to get that out there. I wanted to keep going. So with that being said, I wanted to just get my thoughts out there on that. With that being said, though, we're going to move on to our next topic, obviously tackling free agency, right? We're in that time of year where Free agency is kind of under a microscope. I think everything is under a microscope. I'm look. I'm gonna be honest. Maybe Adam Schefter, uh, you know, Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport, all their tweets are getting way more. Um, just, uh, I think just views. Uh, you know, just likes, retweets, all stuff like that this time of year because there's no football going on. I'll be honest. I honestly forgot there was no football this weekend. I was like, you know, I you know, I was ready to like, you know, get a game going. You know, 
all right, what am I going to do my video? You know, how am I going to bring it up for the, you know, the recaps? And I was like, wait a minute, there's still football this week. So I recorded a little bit of a free agency video that's coming up later today um, on the TikTok channel. So if you guys want to go watch that, go, you know, so I would subscribe, go follow it on TikTok with, uh, I don't know if you can have notifications on for when you post on TikTok. I think you can now, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Either way, if you can turn those on, because it's really appreciated. Either way, uh, look, this is the time of year where just everything's in our microscopes. Let's just talk cap space first. So here's the top 10 uh, teams in cap space right now. Number one is the Washington Commanders with 83 million in cap space. So they've got a lot of cap space. Second is Tennessee Titans with 73 million. Chicago, New England, Indy, Texans, Bengals, Detroit, Cardinals, uh, Tampa Bay. That's your top 10. With the Raiders, Rams, Panthers, Falcons, Vikings, Giants, Chiefs, Eagles, Jags, rounding up the top 19. Then you have the Jets, Niners, Packers, Ravens, and this is where we get into negative territory. Now, not like a ton here, but this is where we hit the negatives. Seattle, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Cleveland, Denver, uh, Chargers, Dolphins, Bills, and Saints. And the Saints have a negative 81 million in cap space. I mean, this is, I don't know if you've seen the TikToks, but the TikToks have been like, like the Saints have been in trouble for years. Negative 81 million. I mean, I don't know the, how the, how any GM's got to, you know, jump through hurdles to get this above uh, positive in the cap space. So, I, I mean, I don't really know. But either way, um, getting into it here, we're just going to go through PFF has this list of 200, uh, top 200 players set to enter free agency. Um, this is from today actually. So yeah, either way, um, well last modified today, either way, my point being here, we're not going to go through all 200. We're going to go through just the main guys, right? Starting just, you know, going through all the big names and just kind of look at where I think they could end up in terms of cap space. A lot of these guys are going to end up with their, you know, their known team. So that being said, uh, you know, expect that. But I think a lot of these guys could be on the move. A lot of big guys could be on the move. So with that being said, the first player on this list, according to PFF, is Chris Jones. All right. And Chris Jones, obviously Kansas City Chief. Um, look, I, you know, they're comparing this to Indomitian Sue back in 2015, and I can see why. The thing about it, though, I don't think Chris Jones is going anywhere, right? If you saw last week the parade before, obviously things turned tragic. Jones was saying in the parade and the speech that he was going to be here year after year after year uh, in Kansas City. So honestly, I don't I don't see Chris Jones going anywhere. Obviously, this, you know, early in the season he held out due to a contract. He got a one year deal. Um now I think it's time for him to get paid. And I think for good reason. Chris Jones is obviously the top three players on this team. You take Travis Kelsey out of this team, I think Chris Jones is the second best player on this team, right? So many big plays he made this season. One of the reasons why the soups the soup the soups the uh the Chiefs made it back to the Super Bowl this season and won it, and now they have a chance to go for a third one. So I think, honestly, look, he is a guy who might test the open market, but I don't think he will. I think the Chiefs will ultimately have his ear, and I think he's going to reset with the Chiefs. All right? If not, he might go on the tag. If he goes on the tag, it would be north of $33 million, which would honestly make him want to go into the open market. But also, that being said, he's probably working on a deal right now. They've probably been working on a deal Honestly, since after the Super Bowl or before the Super Bowl, they were going to deal a long-term deal between him and Kansas City to keep him there for a good chunk of time. That being said, though, look, I, I honestly think, I don't think Chris Jones is going anywhere. If he was to go anywhere, I, I think maybe you could see Washington make a play, right? Because they've lost so many on the defensive line. They still have Deron Payne, but I mean, either way, they've lost a lot of people, a lot of players on the defensive line this season. Obviously, trading Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So imagine him with Deron Payne, but I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think really, if you're Chris Jones, you want to go to a contender rather than being paid, right? You want to win in the Super Bowl. I think, honestly, got to stay with the Chiefs. Second guy on this list is 
one that people, a lot of people wouldn't have expected, it's Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. And Kirk Cousins obviously spent most of the season injured, torn Achilles, that really derailed a season that really looked pretty good, right? Not for the Vikings, but a decent season from Kirk. Either way, this is kind of a weird situation for Kirk, right? He's one of the best quarterbacks coming into this free agency period, right? Obviously, there's no insane, stellar, you know, free agency free agency quarterbacks, right? Um, either way, it's kind of weird, right? Because for Kirk, Kirk is a good quarterback, right? There's no doubt about that. Him and, you know, Ryan Tannehill are really the two guys that are heading into this uh, quarter, into this free agency, right? I mean, if you really look at it, it's Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback class for, um, you know, this year, you know, in free agency is not very good, right? It just, there's not really a game-changing guy, and that's why Kirk is up there. Now, I'm not saying Kirk is a bad quarterback by any means. He's a very good quarterback. I think very underrated. But look, when you put Kirk in a tier list, right, when you put Kirk in there, he's not going to be in the tier with the Mahomes, with the Allens, with the Burrows, you know, guys like that, right? He's not going to be in that tier. I don't think he's going to be a tier below them with, you know, Jalen Hurts, with uh, Justin Herbert, with, uh, you know, Dak, Brock Purdy. Uh, I think he's he's on that. He's not a, look, Kirk Cousins is not a backup. Let's be, let's be brutally honest here. Kirk Cousins is not a backup. And I think he's proved that now, right? Long time starter for the Vikings. But I don't see him as this guy that you need to, you know, really you can build your franchise around right now, right? He's up there in age, coming off a, you know, pretty big injury in the Achilles, right? And has been a guy who, yes, has won games, has won playoff games, has won, you know, not won playoff games, but who has been in the playoffs, right? Um, Both times for the Vikings in the playoffs lost, right? Either way, point being, Kirk is kind of a guy who's in that fringe point of of a quarterback that can absolutely win you games, but I'm not sure we'll get a long-term deal. One, because of his age and because of his play. Now, looking at the teams that could use a quarterback right now, right? Excluding the teams that have top picks right now, I don't see really any besides maybe about if you really want to like look at the microscope in this, you know, in this top 19 range, I could see Minnesota because obviously coming from Minnesota, Atlanta, uh, and Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is pushing it because they're probably looking at quarterbacks in the draft. So maybe they're off the table. Other than that, Washington, top two pick. Titans, Will Levis, Bears, first pick or Justin Fields, right? Uh, New England, again, top three pick. Indy, Anthony Richardson, Houston, CJ Stroud, Cincy, Joe Burrow, Detroit, Jared Goff, Arizona, Kyler, right? Tampa Bay, Baker, most likely. Uh, Rams, Matthew Stafford, Carolina, Bryce Young, going down to Kansas City, uh, a guy named Patrick Mahomes, you know, I don't think anybody's heard of him, right? Uh, Philly, Jalen Hurts, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, right? Even then, and then you go, when you, after Jacksonville, you go into the 7 million and the barely above the cap space range, right? With teams that, again, I don't think, I mean, maybe Pittsburgh, you could see, obviously, they've been talking about Justin Fields and trading for him. It doesn't look like Kenny Pickett might be the starter come next season, right? Other than that, maybe Denver. If Denver can get above the cap, maybe Sean Payton would want that. But then again, Sean Payton also said he wants a quarterback he can be in love with, right? Is he in love with Kirk Cousins? Probably not, right? Probably going to draft a guy. Right, so it's kind of hard, kind of tricky here. Look, honestly, look, and also th- something else that really ties into this here is Justin Jefferson. Right, Justin Jefferson, arguably the best receiver in football when he's fully healthy. Right, just a game-changing wide receiver, so good, 
you know, one of my favorite guys to watch. He's coming up on, you know, what looks like an extension year, right? He's coming up on when he can get that massive payday. And I don't want to quote him because I'll more paraphrase him saying, you know, he's like, yeah, I want to break the bank. I want to be the highest paid receiver in football. That's paraphrasing, right? That's what he wants. He wants to be a game. He wants a game changing contract, right? But also in an interview he did like a couple weeks ago, I think he was before the Super Bowls when he did it, or maybe even before that, like a little bit before that, he basically was saying, look, I want to know, I want to be in a situation that I'm happy in. And I want to know who's throwing me the ball. And I want to be in a situation where I like who's throwing me the football. That being said, that wasn't a shot at Kirk, but I can see why Justin Jefferson would want to really be aware of what happens with Kirk. Because look, end of the day, look, sure, Kirk isn't this crazy quarterback that is, you know, a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert, right? He's not. Let's just let's put it there. He's not that. But he's been getting Justin Jefferson the ball. And part of the reason why Justin Jefferson has been so good and why the Vikings have been borderline fringe contenders when they're fully healthy and have a decent defense. That being said, though, I think really this matters. Minnesota has to really sell Justin Jefferson, and not only if they pass on giving Kirk an extension, but who they bring in to replace Kirk. If he is to walk in free agency and go somewhere else, they have to really sell Jefferson on the point being that this next guy will be the guy that will take his production to a different level without Kirk. And I think that's a big thing, right? That's a huge thing coming into that. And I think personally, if I'm Minnesota, right, you have what? Let's look. You have, um, where is it? Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. 28 million in cash space right now. That's without restructuring contracts. That's kind of getting you by the balls for lack of better words, right? Look, I, I say you give, you know, you give Kirk a deal, maybe a two-year extension, right? really see what he can do. Maybe put the Achilles and I know it's not the best strategy. Maybe use that as a possible outcome and just give him maybe a two-year deal or a deal you can get out in three years, right? And draft a guy with, you know, maybe your first round pick this year or in the next couple quarterback classes that you know can be a game-changing guy, right? But in terms of that, look, I honestly think Kirk is going to stay with the Vikings. I, I don't see the Falcons putting money out there for him. They're linked with Russ too. If I'm the Falcons, right, under new head coach, I probably want to draft a guy. You know what I mean? I know Desmond Ritter hasn't been great, but you got him in what the like the third, fourth round. You have a top five. You have a top ten pick here. You could probably get a guy who in a loaded quarterback class who could be your future guy. And I think you maybe want to get a guy like that. I'm not sure getting a veteran guy like Kirk or Russ is really the game changing opportunity for the Falcons. But really, I see either. Atlanta or Minnesota making a play from anybody else. I'm not 100% sure, right? And decent grades, right? Corey BFF, 91.1 clean pocket grade for an offensive line that's been God knows how bad. If you watch quarterback, you basically saw Kirk Cousins on the ground uh, two years ago. 91.1. I know he played limited games, limited snaps, right? 89.1 first and second down grade. Uh, drop back grade 90. Sack rate 5%. Uh, there's no cap space at signing for percentage right now for Kirk Cousins on PFF. But either way, I think he'll be end up being a Viking or a Falcon. Moving on, Josh Allen. Not my Josh Allen, the edge rusher Josh Allen, who had a great year this season. A very good 2023, raking up career high in sacks and quarterback pressures with 90 and 19 sacks. So a very good year for him. And a 25, a 20.5% pass rush win rate, which is among the league's best, right? Josh Allen. Game-changing edge rusher for the Jags, right? One of the reasons why they've been so successful. One of the reasons why their defense is on the cusp of okay. Been better last couple of years at secondary. 
with you know is still a problem kind of like the vikings right where they have to hunter who's a very good edge guy but that secondary is still kind of a problem right jacksonville has 17 million right now currently without moving money around and there are a lot of teams that can make a play here right what first team i'm looking at is indy right i'm looking at indy because for one indy really hasn't had a very insane edge pressure uh edge presence in a while right now they have they have samson Ebicom, they have quitty pay deforest buckner and grover stewart right very good defensive line right deforest buckner um samson Ebicom, the former 49er with a very good grade under pff 84.4 quitty pay very good edge rush edge rusher but imagine throwing a guy like josh allen in there right a well-known edge rusher a guy who just is one of if not a top 10 edge rusher if not top five right at the season he just had maybe top 10 maybe top five is kind of pushing it a little bit but either way very good edge rusher adding a guy like that to a defense that really does rely on the pressure getting there rather than coverage honestly you know look when it comes to cornerbacks both Moore and Brent are very good corners they're solid corners but there's nothing that really stands out here since really Stephon Gilmore left EJ Speed uh EJ Speed, Sayer Franklin, and Ronnie Harrison in the linebacker room. Obviously, let go of uh, uh, Shaquille Leonard in the linebacker room this season. Who went to the Eagles? Who I honestly just forgot he went to the Eagles. You guys remember that he went to the Eagles midseason and just you know it just it didn't work out. It didn't really get a lot of playing time. Uh, Julian Blackman and Nick Cross very good in the secondary as well. So this team look relies a lot on coverage, and I think rather than takeaways. And I think getting a guy like Josh Allen could really help this team, right? You've got a lot of cap space here. Top five in cap space, 60 million. You can easily offer Josh Allen a bag. And you're taking him away from, honestly, a competitor in the AFC, right? A competitor in the AFC South and heading into free agency. I think he can rack up a lot of money and get a lot of money here. And I think Indy's a very good good landing spot for him. Imagine this. Samson Ebicom, DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, and Josh Allen on the, on the defensive line rotating that on, at edge. I mean, geez, that'd be a great off defensive line. That would really not only help A.J. Richardson in sophomore in his sophomore season. Who I mean, look, the Colts had a very good defense, but overall, just you need a game-changing edge player, right? That's what you need this day and age. You need a, a very good quarterback who can win you games and win with his legs, and you need a very good, very good edge rusher as well. All right. That being said, going into T. Higgins now. Honestly, the highest paid, the highest wide receiver on this list so far, T. Higgins, right? And I kind of said this in my little short that I was, that's going on with TikTok later today. For T. Higgins, right? We know he's a one. We've always known, really, for a long time, he's a one, right? But with Jamar Chase there, he's kind of become a two, but he is a one, for sure. That being said, though, when it comes to T. Higgins, I think he gets franchise tagged. I don't see a world where the Bengals just let him walk right now. I think they tag him, they let him play on the tag, and you really, you let him have a good T. Higgins season that he really didn't have this year. It was a weird season for the Bengals. Joe Burrow gets banged up, misses the rest of the year. T. Higgins spent a lot of time banged up, missed a good chunk of the year. Jamar Chase missed a good chunk of the year. Look, overall, you give T. Higgins and you tell T, look, we're going to put you on the tag. We're going to give you this, you know, this this year. If we can't work out a deal, we'll let you walk in free agency. Then you can go and get your bag and be the one that you want to be, that we know you can be, but we'll let you have a fully healthy season and ha- let you have a break, a more of a T. Higgins type season, right? Look, that being said, I think, honestly, simple answer, he gets tagged, right? Either way, the Bengals have a lot of money. They have $61 million in cap space, even though they still have to extend Jamar Chase. Uh, Joe Burrow got his extension. Uh, so look, you got a lot of pieces you need to extend here. 
DJ Reader as well. He's on this list later down, but another guy you got to extend to as well. So you really got to, you know, see where you put your money into right now for the Bengals. And I see T. Higgins getting tagged. Simple answer is that. Brian Burns, Carolina Panthers, right? Burns really seems he can't escape Carolina. And this team has turned down trade offers. They've been losing football games. But he took to get, he put together a very strong 2023, right? Posted four straight pass rush grades above 70 and keeping his stock high amid the chaos that is in Carolina, right? Brian Burns is a guy left there with Josh Allen, right? If you don't get Josh Allen at the edge game and you're looking for an edge rusher, again, I think if you don't get Josh Allen or the Colts don't get him, I think they could really offer Brian Burns. Uh, maybe Houston as well. Detroit, even though they only have $48 million, I want to see them really use that on a corner. Arizona um really could I could see put in play here in terms of that look Brian Burns doesn't want to be in Carolina and I, I don't think anybody wants to be in Carolina right now and a lot of these teams I think could really offer him here maybe Chicago but again I think I'm on to sweat in the trade Tennessee has 73 million I think they could really use another game-changing edge player really they got Bud Dupree and D'Amico Audrey and they really haven't stood out besides Jeffrey Simmons so really you could get another edge guy in Brian Burns on a nasty defense that is kind of rebuilding. So with that being said, maybe Tennessee could go in there. Chicago, not really. New England, uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. Um, you get Matthew Judon back, who is definitely up there in age, though. But either way, I mean, imagine Matt Judon and Brian Burns together on a Gerard Mayo defense. Now, I almost said Belichick out of just out of uh, just habit, but Gerard Mayo now. So $69 million in cap space, but I like them to spend that somewhere else. Overall, if it comes to Brian Burns and I'm picking a spot, maybe Tennessee. Maybe. I could really see him on a Tennessee defense. If not Indy, if they miss out on Josh Allen. Other than that, I don't really see a lot of these teams making a play for him right now, right? The next two on the list, though, are Justin Metabike and Christian Wilkins. Metabike had a breakout season this year when it came to just a breakout season for the Ravens. He had at least a half a sack in 13 of 17 games. I mean, just doubled his season high prior to this season. And honestly, he's doubled his total pressures output. And honestly, he's been a guy who I think is very much going to be targeted in this free agency year. Christian Wilkins has just been honestly a menace for a long time as well. Another guy who's a very good defensive lineman and I think the Dolphins really need to re-sign or tag. I think the Dolphins are honestly going to tag Wilkins just because how important he is to their defensive line and just a game-chasing player for him. So I think 100% he'll get tagged here. When it comes to Meta BK though, if the Ravens might tag him, but I think he tests free agency, right? Coming off a career high, I think he tests free agency. Chicago is a place where I really think he can go. Defensive line has really been a weakness for them, particularly in the one tech. So honestly, their edge rushes are very good. But I think for sure, uh, Chicago is a place that I think that they really need to look at Meta BK. In terms of defensive line, maybe Houston as well. But again, I think that money's going to go somewhere else. Detroit could also make a play. But I think their defensive line, particularly in the interior, has been a lot better this season. Arizona, I think, could honestly make a play. Like we saw Javon Hargrave when he went to the Niners. Make a, make a play for him as well for Metabike. Because really that interior pressure, I honestly think, has not really been there since J.J. Watt left. And Arizona always needs edge rushers and defensive linemen. It feels like they always need that. Tampa, not necessarily. With Vita Vea, um, Kaleja Kansi breaking out this season, I think. Really, that's off the table. Vegas, maybe. I know they're trying to turn Tyree Wilson into that uh, defensive lineman rather than an edge rusher just to get him a little bit more involved. 
but maybe Meta BK could go there for, for Vegas. Other than that, though, I don't see a lot of these teams. I don't see a Carolina being very active in this market just with the situation. Atlanta, Grady Jarrett, Minnesota, not, I mean, really, they could use it, but I think they're going to use again that money for Kirk and Daniel Hunter. New York, Dexter Lawrence, Kansas City, Mike Dana, and Chris Jones. Philly, best defensive line, honestly, just Dylan Carter. Fletcher Cox, Brandon, Gar- Brandon Graham, if they get re-signed, if not Nolan Smith. Um, Josh Sweat, just unbelievable defensive line. Jacksonville, maybe if you lose uh, Allen, you go for Meta BK for the interior. You really rely more on Trayvon Walker. But other than that, really, I could see Chicago making a play for Meta BK. Wilkins, I think, will get the tag. Antoine Winfield, right? A guy who I really like. 90 rated grade. One of the highest grades for safeties this season behind Jesse Bates. Really going to a situation like Jesse Bates was last year, right? Very good safety. A lot of money. Tennessee could make a play for them. They lost Kevin Byard, but they don't have that ball hawk back there. A guy who can do it all. Washington, I really think, could make a play as well. I honestly think Washington should make a play because Dan Quinn's coming in. He needs a guy who he can rely on on defense. Who can be that guy in terms of just... That ball hawk in the back, the guy who can really do the do it all in the secondary that honestly I think is really depleted. So I think Washington should make a play here. New England, imagine if New England made a play, getting that getting a safety like Antoine Winfield, but they really yeah, they have very good safeties in New England, but imagine they get a guy like Antoine Winfield to just be a leader in that bat in in the secondary for New England. Honestly, I think that that could be a play as well for Gerard Mayo and his company. They have Jabril Peppers, Kyle Duggar in that bat in in the um in the secondary. And Jabril Peppers is very good. So I really don't see them jumping on the free safety spot, but imagine getting, you know, somebody like Anton Winfield, who's been very good for Tampa Bay. Just so good. But honestly, I think either it's between Washington, Tennessee, and New England, I really think could make a play. Maybe Houston, but I think they have again other needs they could spend this money on as well. So Antoine Winfield, maybe a commander. Maybe. Jalen Johnson. Uh a corner that I think really should get uh, targeted a lot more. Very good in coverage. A very good co- corner. Underrated corner. Legereus Sneed as well up next. I think Sneed will be a chief. But if not, I really want the Lions to pursue Legereus Sneed. If not, Johnson. I think Jalen Johnson. They need a corner for the for the Lions. I think they've, they've needed a corner for a long time, like I said. Look, the Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell picks hit. But when they drafted those two, I was really praying they should have got Christian Gonzalez or a corner or somebody, right? If not this draft, I think they get a guy. Honestly, they could double dip. Get a guy like Jalen Johnson and then get a guy in the draft as well. Really help that cornerback room, right? Really, they haven't had a lockdown corner since uh, Darius Slay. So, honestly, between Johnson and Sneed, these two could get targeted by the Lions. Maybe Johnson goes to the Commanders. Again, a lot of money in there. Really need a, a lockdown corner. I, mean, I know Emmanuel Forbes kind of had a rough rookie year and maybe he can turn into a lockdown corner. But get a guy like Johnson who's been underrated all the season and really help this defense rebuild under Dan Quinn, right? Sneed, I think, will get tagged. If not, he will get a deal with the Chiefs. So good for them. Proved how good he can be. Really took a step up in terms of a play. Very good corner before this season, but really took a step up. No touchdowns allowed in the regular season. Just very good. I mean, just a guy you want on a Super Bowl contending team. Michael Pittman is next on this list. I think he stays with the Colts. I don't see him leaving. I think the Colts are going to offer him. Uh, a lot of money here. I think that's why they are so high in cap space. I think a lot of this money, the $66 million, is going to go towards Michael Pittman. Um, Daniel Hunter, another edge rusher from Minnesota. Honestly, I could see him ending up somewhere else besides Minnesota. Um, when it comes to edge rushers, it's kind of hard when you're looking at this, right? 
Like, again, you could put Tennessee, Titan, or Tennessee, Chicago, Washington, right? Um, New England, not really. Indy, another spot. Um, just another, you know, a couple guys. I don't really think Minnesota will let him stay, but if this money doesn't go to Kirk, I think it goes to Daniel Hunter, right? Mike Evans, today is the deadline for him. They have to really, uh, the basically, the Buccaneers have to agree with deal with him. If not, he gets like a $7 million a dead cap hit for them. Honestly, I would like to see Mike Evans stay with Tampa Bay, but a very reliable receiver, 100% up there in age, which is one of the reasons why I think he's a little bit lower on this list. But again, another wide receiver needy team. Uh, Houston, I think, could make a play for Mike Evans. I know they have Tank Dell, Nico Collins, but imagine having Mike Evans in that room. Uh, maybe, maybe Vegas, maybe Carolina, but I don't think Carolina will really want that. I mean, Dave Canales, maybe Mike Evans follows him over, but I think Mike Evans wants his last payday, right? His last big payday, maybe New York, maybe New York, maybe Kansas City, really get that true wide receiver one in there. Maybe Jacksonville as well when Christian Kirk gets back. Mike Evans is more of a downfield deep threat if they don't re-sign Calvin Ridley. Really, I could see Kansas City making a play here. I, I honestly, I, my gut's telling me KC, more than New York. Right, more than the Giants, I think KC could move money around and make a play, right? And just bulk up, like I said last week, they go all in to make a run for the Super Bowl for their third time. Tyron Smith, the highest graded tackle on or highest ranked tackle on this list, I think stays with Dallas. I think they'll franchise tag him. If not, work out a deal with him. Pretty simple with that. Kendall Fuller, I think, might go into one of these, maybe Atlanta. Pairing him up with AJ Terrell, very good corner, Kendall Fuller. Again, a lot more underrated than Jalen Johnson, but I think, I think Atlanta could make a play for him. I think I think I like the idea of pairing him with uh, AJ Terrell. Just differences in game style. And I think they really need another corner besides Okuda, and it just really help that cornerback room out. Uh, Larry Williams, I think, is going to stay with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think they're going to let him go. I think he's been very good for them since he got traded to them from New York. So I think he will stay with Seattle. Marquise Brown, I'm not 100% sure where he's going to end up because I just, I don't know, right? I don't know. Marquise Brown's stock is at a low right now just because since the move to Arizona, hasn't been that number one guy, hasn't been the eye-popping guy for them. And I could see a team like Carolina offering him a deal, right? Giving him a payday if he doesn't stay with Arizona. But also, I think Arizona still needs that wide receiver one. And I think Yes, Marquise Brown has not been good. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's been kind of, not a bust, but kind of a a low-level signing for them when they traded for him back from the Ravens a couple years ago. And really, I think you tag him and really see what he can do, right? Fully healthy. It's hard to see where he comes up. Honestly, he's, look, he, he's a lot smaller of a receiver. Five foot nine, 180 pounds, not a big guy. But I think that you know, you tag him and see what he can do. And then if you don't like what he can do in a final year, you know, you got Michael Wilson who broke out in spurts this season, but I don't think you want to put all your money, all your chips in one basket on, you know, Michael Wilson having a very good sophomore year and breaking out as a wide receiver one night. Could he do it? Absolutely. But I think right move, tag Brown. If not, let him walk and see what you can do. But I think the, I also think that the Cardinals are in a position to draft Marvin Harrison. So that also is the factors too. If it comes to Brown walking, I think he could be kind of a steal for a lower payday for some of these teams, right? Honestly, if I'm going to pick one, I think that 
Tampa Bay might make a play. Just even, but actually, wait, no, not Tampa because they have Chris Godwin. That's basically the same play, the same sort of player, right? Tampa Bay is off the table, right? Maybe, maybe Minnesota, but really Carolina is what's kind of yelling at me here. Carolina might be the move for Marquise Hollywood Brown, just because I know he's not been like, uh, like, you know, a guy who since moving to Arizona has been a guy who's like been like the standout wide receiver one, like we know for sure, but. Maybe Carolina could be the move if he's not tagged by Arizona. I don't think it's going to go in this like insane pay range here. So that's why I think Carolina might make a play. New York, I think New York could make a play for Marquise Hollywood-Brown. They need a wide receiver. They need a guy who could be that number one. Not sure if uh, Hollywood-Brown is the number one right now, but I think you really take a flyer on him and just improve that wide receiver room heavy because it really needs it for right now. Um, that being said... We're going to move down to DJ Reader, who's next on this list, who I think is another one who can very much be an impact here. And I think, honestly, he gets either tagged by the Bengals if they don't have enough money. I think you can split between T. Higgins. I think you would get around $30 million in tag. And then maybe Reader would get the same thing, but then also you'd have to you know, get rid of players, restructure stuff. So I think he gets tagged by the um, by the Bengals. Kyle Duggar said to be a, said to be a free agent as well. If he walks, I think they really do target Antoine Winfield, but I think he's been very good as a safety. Again, up there in age, but also very much could see him be targeted by New England. Um, Trent Brown as well. I think another guy who can definitely hit the tackle market. Maybe the Jets make a play for him just because going into free agency, they need a protection of Aaron Rodgers. They need to make sure that's a priority. Why not spend on a guy like Trent Brown who's been very good in the past, in past protection for New England on a very solid offensive line. Calvin Ridley is a weird one because he's next on this list here. And I'm honestly not 100% sure where he is because really he could get tagged by Jacksonville in another prove it year because they traded for him. Really showed he could be a one, but also I think you need to give him another year to really prove it. This year was kind of like, okay, he's back into football, had some glimpses and very good situations. But I think you get a tag here and just see what he can do and then offer him a deal for if you're the Jack, if you're Jags, if you're Jags, if you're the Jags, right? Other than that, a lot of these free agencies, obviously we're going to get into kind of the next kind of big chunk I want to end the show with here is running back. Saquon, Josh Jacobs, uh, Derek Henry, uh, Austin Eckler is later down this list as well. So I really want to end it with this. This running back market, really we saw last year where running backs want to get paid more. They're heading into free agency. Josh Jacobs, I think, might get tagged by the Raiders again. I know he was tagged. Last season, I think he's going to get tagged again just because under Antonio Pierce, I think this new Raiders team loves where they're at in terms of just uh, not identity, but culture. And I think Jacobs is really going to like that. Obviously, he did not agree with Josh McDaniels. I think he really didn't like the Josh McDaniels era. Really, there was where a lot of problems came out and caused that ugly start where he really didn't report to training camp and everything like that. But we saw what he can do. Rushing title 2022. I think he gets tagged. Saquon Barkley, I think, walks because, for one, he wants his payday. I don't think he's going to play on the tag this season. Um, played on the tag last year. Don't think he's going to play on the tag. I think, honestly, he goes to the Texans. I would love to see him with CJ Shaw on that high-powered offense and Bobby Slowick and what he can do coming from that Kyle Shanahan tree and that run game and everything like that. I know the offensive line is not great for the Texans, but overall, I think as well, when you look at it like that, I think they could 100% make a play for him and just be get a game-changing back right? They could beat you in the air and on the ground. So I think Saquon could 100% end up with the Texans. If not, the Bears maybe could make a play for him. I know he wants to go to a contender. And I think the Bears, if they do draft Caleb Williams, will have that stock higher. 
But even if they don't, I think they could 100% make a play for a number one wideout and give Justin Fields all these weapons and then see what happens, right? Derrick Henry's a weird one because, for one, he wants to go to a contender, right? And the real thing is the contenders are not really up there when it comes to money. Detroit, honestly, is not going to make a play. Cincinnati, they're you know saying they want to move on from Mixon. If they can get Derrick Henry, that's a scary Cincy team, right? 100%, but I don't think that money's going to go there, right? Because then you have to worry about paying to Higgins and DJ Reader and all that stuff like that. Um, when it comes to just looking at contenders, honestly, Philly, maybe, if they let DeAndre Swift walk and give that $20 million to Derrick Henry, right? To really bulk up that... that um, that that offense. But again, they want to use a guy who they can use in the run game. Unless they're going to use Kenneth Gainwell like they used him in the passing game. I think they re-signed Swift. I think Swift is a guy that they really should think about re-signing if they're not thinking about already. Other than that, though, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Chicago could make a play here. Maybe New England. But again, Ramondre Stevenson has said he wants to be the three-down bag for New England. So honestly, I'm not really sure where King Henry really fits. If not, if Saquon doesn't go in free agency, maybe the Texans make a play for him as well. Again, take him away from an AFC South uh, competitor in that division. Other than that, maybe Cincinnati. That's kind of just you know making a, a little bit too much though because of money and just different places they have to go. Maybe Arizona. Other than that, it's tricky because I don't really know where these players can end up, right? Derrick Henry wants to go to contender, but a lot of these contenders don't have a lot of money, right? Especially right now, if you're looking at it, blank sheets. If they move money around, then sure. Maybe Philly. Maybe Philly for Derrick Henry, right? Other than that, though, there are a lot of guys who in this free agency are a little bit on the other side, not the other side, a little bit tier below that. We're, we just kind of finished the elite tier. If you guys want me to go through the rest of this list, we stopped at about like 20 or 30 uh, on this list for this show. With that being said, you guys want me to see me go through a whole list in the next show or in the next, in the, like, in the next previous show, let me know. That being said, though, that's where I think all these like elite free agency players will end up. Just you know, kind of ballparking it. That being said, let me know in the comment section down below. And I will see you guys next week with kind of the start of free agency. Where we're we seeing players go and where I can th- really think we'll make, you know, we're really seeing like these moves come out. With that being said, though, I have been Josh from In The Huddle. I will see you guys next week. Have a good rest of your week. And I will see you guys next time. Peace and break.